Chapter Five of the Love of Landry by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifth. If Mildred had expected the man Landry to force his attentions upon her, she was greatly mistaken. He gave her no occasion whatever to offer Nina's services as proxy. Hendrickson had fulfilled his promise and left them much to the young ranchman's care. While, indeed, he was all that courtesy or hospitality could demand, all his offers of service were made to Mr. Osborne and Mildred's presence or participation in the pleasures he provided was a mere incident he seldom spoke to her except to answer some question or to point out some place of interest as they journeyed to and fro about the ranch she had not been there a week before she was compelled to change her ideas of western democracy and to admit that she had done landry himself an injustice what she could not understand was his attitude toward themselves and the attitude of the men towards him the former while perfectly respectful had nothing that could suggest the relation of master and servant while there was nothing of assertiveness about his manner he seemed to look upon them calmly as equals and her father had already accepted him as such but it was harder for the girl there is in every woman a bit of the snob and while it was at its lowest development in this clean sweet american maiden she could not but feel a certain resentment at the cool way in which he took his acceptability for granted she could not deny that his manners and his language were those of a gentleman and she could not withhold a measure of admiration for his sturdy manhood as she saw him hardy and alert at his labours or swinging across the plains at the long lope which is the chief charm of the western rider the men treated him with a peculiar mixture of comradeship and respect which mildred could attribute to nothing but his superior education or perhaps his prowess with his fists which she had always heard was a good foundation for respect in the west and while she mused and pondered over landry he went calmly on treating her politely and letting her alone now there was just enough of the coquette in mildred's make-up for this sort of treatment to pique her so it was in a spirit entirely feminine that she set out to compel the notice of the man whose attentions she had determined to resent with this end in view she began to talk to landry more and to attempt to draw him out no one could long resist mildred's sweetness and charm and this strange reticent ranchman was no exception to the rule he soon responded and within three weeks the two young people were on a footing of pleasant companionship landry talked more though not much but he found time to take the girl about the ranch showing her things which he did not think mr osborne would care for and so did not trouble him about he grew frankly to like her and made no attempt to conceal it 
mildred often blushed at the honest admiration she saw in his grey eyes and it gave her a thrill of something between pleasure and fright as she saw how his face would light up at unexpected meetings between them a man whose face was such a tell-tale might be embarrassing sometimes but it was pleasant to be liked in such a frank honest way they rode and walked together and he taught her how to shoot with the rifle it gave him a quiet delight to saddle her pony for her with his own hands and he taught her how to guide the intelligent little beast as the cowboy does by the mere inclination of her lithe body meanwhile mr osborne looked on at the growing intimacy between them and made no attempt to check it he liked landry and did not see why mildred should not do so especially as he was the means of keeping her out in the open air and the roses were coming back into her cheeks of course this was a man's point of view men are so unpractical about these things a woman would have looked at the matter differently mrs ansley now for instance would have scented danger as soon as she saw that landry did not wear buckskins and a pistol a man hardly entertains an idea of love in a case where a woman goes forward and postulates it so landry and mildred rode on toward the dreamland of romance he consciously gladly she unknowing it was one golden morning in october that he came to her saying i'm going to, out to ride the fence miss mildred some of the men report breaks in it somewhere along the west side won't you come with me really i ought to write letters this morning mr landry oh please don't mr landry me he said a little impatiently surely you've known me long enough to see that no one gives me mr and do do like them she looked at him in surprise you must forgive me for being impatient he went on but you know that mr smells to me of civilization and it makes me feel stuffy all right i'll mr you no more then landry he smiled gladly and now won't you come i oughtn't to but i will and we'll throw up the wide windows of the morning to remove the stuffy feeling she laughed gaily and went in to put on her strong grey habit they were soon out and in the saddle and galloping away over the plains the sun in her eyes and the wind in her hair and the joy of youth and freedom throbbing in her heart landry looked at her in silence a smile like a sunbeam lying on his lips the desire to possess her rose up and grew strong in his being what a glory it would be to hold this light airy creature against the world to anticipate all her wants and to supply them the morning was like a song so sweet it was half sad the air was like wine and so clear that the farthest mountain ranges looked near and neighborly the alfalfa fields with their deep dark green half sprung from the third cutting stood out in deep contrast to the browns and yellows which are colorado's prevailing autumn tints the sky was a dream of blue and white with a touch of crimson over a peak where the sun had lately come up the mysterious ever-changing mountains were clothed in a morning veil of pale opal light except in the hollows where the darkness of shadow turned it to lavender and purple 
mildred looked like the child of the day and rode like the spirit of the wind and for a long time neither she nor landry said anything they were too busy just enjoying what nature had given them after a while she drew rein and turned to him smiling i wonder what my people at home would say of this weak plant if they could see me now you have thrived in the sunshine and they could only be thankful just then a jack-rabbit flashed across their path a mere leaping bundle of grey white and he laughed aloud at the joy she had in the sight they would say for one thing that your capacity for enjoyment was in no way diminished by coming out here i wonder mildred laughed if they could believe that there was anything to enjoy in this desert i don't like to hear it called a desert it is full of teeming life to me with things to see and things to love and to do oh but they would never understand that unless they had seen it for themselves i know i didn't why i had a letter from my sister in the mail that you brought yesterday and she asked me if you wore many pistols or were at all careless in handling firearms i'd written her about you blushing landry laughed a good deal longer than the humour of the remark demanded but he was laughing out of pure joy because she had thought of him and had written about him the impulse seized him to speak then and know his fate and he was only able to check it by darting away on the pretended chase of another rabbit he came back laughing what an awful opinion they must have of us he said i wonder if they let you come out here it was not without many admonitions from my aunt to be careful of cowboys and catamounts that was quite the nearest to the concrete she could bring the west and so she seized on that i really don't believe that she regards this part of the country as civilized nothing is quite so conceited as what we call civilization and what does it mean after all except to lie gracefully to cheat legally and to live as far away from god and nature as the world limit will let if it must mean that out here pray god that it may never come to this part of the country if it does then some of us will have no refuge mildred looked at him with wide eyes why are you so bitter she asked now i think that civilization is very good when it treats us well maybe it didn't treat you well though anyway i'm glad to know one thing that papa is wrong he says that every one who has a chance to live in the heart of the world and yet comes here must be driven either by consumption cupidity or crime no some of us come to get breathing space when we are stifled back there by meanness and deceit some of us come here to look at the great mountains and broad plains and forget how little man is to see nature and through it nature's god and so get back to faith his face was flushed and his manner vehement and mildred thought she had offended him oh you mustn't mind papa's remark he was only trying to make an epigram you know it's the fashion to make epigrams now alliterative if possible but epigrams of some kind they are supposed to be philosophical shortcuts yes i know they are a kind of electric lighted royal road to truth but i confess i never did like electric lights but you must forgive me for making a shadow on your day you haven't she said simply they had come to one of the breaks in the fence now 
and he had dismounted to see what could be done and if possible to make repairs he went at his work cheerfully almost joyously mildred watched him for a time and then she asked suddenly do you really like it landry he looked up in surprise why yes why not oh i don't know she answered blushing but it doesn't seem like you it seems so trivial inadequate inconsequential oh i don't know what i mean why it's work i'm doing something but wouldn't you rather be doing something else i don't see that i should i'm not only mending fences out here that would be trivial perhaps although even fence mending has its place and farther south they have men who do nothing else but ride the fence day after day but besides this we are digging a new irrigation ditch and altogether i'm bearing my share in the work of feeding the world what man can do more oh yes i know but-but she paused embarrassed landry laughed and went on you see miss mildred it isn't what a man does but how he does it i love work not for work's sake but for what it accomplishes although i do find a certain pleasure in the process but don't you know landry pardon me if i seem impertinent you might have made a good soldier or an officer she said diffidently i don't know that i should want to be he said calmly and then dropping his work he went on i know it isn't heroic but i don't know that those fellows brave as they may be who are out there fighting a lot of half-naked savages are doing any more for ultimate good than we who are here fighting the hard conditions of nature i like a fight but there are fights and fights and i'd rather know that this irrigation ditch that i'm digging is going to make the land better and a lot of people happier than to feel that i was carrying a cartridge belt full of civilization to folks that didn't want it oh shame shame you're an anti-expansionist said mildred no i'm not an anti-expansionist either i believe in america's spreading out as big and as broad as she can and doing all the good she can but whenever i look around me on all this he swept his eyes around the horizon i cannot help thinking that there's a good deal of expanding to be done at home would you recall the men from the philippines i wouldn't recall anybody or anything those fellows for that work and every man to his liking but i do say that a good many of those boys who are out there wasting their lives under suns that weren't made to shine on anybody but niggers might be better employed out here in god's country where every air is a blessing helping to make a paradise of this land that's so near it already why landry you're really eloquent when you get started pardon me he said blushing under his tan i've been blowing off a good deal but i was so full of it with landry's work the morning went quickly and it was past noon when they started riding leisurely back to the ranch house i wish you could help me brighten things for the boys out here a little he said their lives are sometimes dull i've been thinking of giving them some music one of these nights i have a violin and a guitar you have she exclaimed why you never told me no i'm not much of a musician but you have a banjo and i could make shift if you could help me will you she hesitated he was so blunt so direct why couldn't he hint at things and give her a chance will you he repeated yes she answered at last and as they alighted at the door and he held her hand in saying good-bye she wondered what manner of man was this landry who hated civilization and yet practised all its graces
End of chapter 5